Real quick driven mofos, you know I don't run any advertising or sell anyone else's shit on this podcast. So the only thing that I'll ever ask from you is that you help me get this podcast out to more people and spread the word by rating and reviewing this podcast. I promise it will only take 10 seconds, so please rate and review if you haven't already done so. And thank you in advance. So this is what one of the world's top dog trainers taught me about leadership. This podcast, The Underestimated Entrepreneur, is for the driven mofos out there who are driven to achieve more in life and business. After studying 1,457 of the world's most successful people in different fields and spending over $1 million on coaches, consultants, and seminars, I wanted to share with you the key learnings, lessons, tips, tools, and strategies that have not only made them super successful, but have also allowed me to go from the kid who was put into special classes, getting kicked out of school and wanting to end my life, to becoming the mental performance coach to some of the country's most successful people and helping me to grow multiple businesses. I want to help all of those out there who have been underestimated to prove their doubt is wrong and to help them to achieve more than they could possibly imagine. I hope you enjoy. In this episode, I'm going to dive deep into human behavior, leadership, and what you can learn from one of the world's best dog trainers in how they train and lead dogs. Let's get into it. Driven mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. Today, I want to talk about a dog trainer that I've been watching for probably about the last year, year and a half or so on TikTok. Now, for Jess and myself, we're looking at buying a new dog or maybe two, and we've been looking for a while. But anyway, I came across this dog trainer. Now, this is probably one of the best dog trainers I've ever come across. Now, there are a lot of them out there. I've seen a lot of weird and random shit, but this guy here is absolutely brilliant because as someone who really understands human behavior at a high level and having had dogs before that I've trained and some of them have been very, very, very well highly trained. In fact, when I was younger, my uncle was moving home and he gave me his black retriever. And that black retriever was an award-winning trained dog. Uh, I can't remember what it was, but you could walk with it off of a lead. It would sit at the street. So if I walked across the road, the dog would sit there until you told it to heal when it came and stood next to you. It wouldn't walk past your side. It was just an amazing dog, such a highly trained dog. Now I had that for a couple of years and then it ended up passing away. And then about a year or so after that, I got a Labrador. And to train that Labrador, I learned a lot about myself as a young man, I guess you could say, or a teenager having to train that dog, look after the dog and so on. But what I found was that there were some really awesome human behavior principles that relate heavily back to leadership if you understand how dogs operate. I also love watching documentaries and all that stuff on animals. So I've always really been fascinated with that. And this guy just explains it in such a great way. Now, something that he always says is that there's dogs are never the problem. It's always the owner. And I know that this is true because I've seen it many, many times. In fact, I sit out front of my house, we're on a lake. I watch people walk around on the other side of the lake with their pets. And you can pretty much tell a lot about an owner with what happens with the dog. And so this guy really explains it well. Also something else that I know is that this pattern of behavior is very similar to parents. Now, one of my friends owns a large chain of childcare centers. And he said that very rarely is a child ever a problem. It's normally the parents and the way that the parents teach their children, how they create rules and boundaries. And he said a lot of the time kids don't know any better. It's just that they watch, they observe and they, they repeat. And so, yeah, he's always said that as well. And so he said a lot of the time when we are helping with early childhood development, it's not the kids that we need to teach and train, it's actually the parents. And so it's just, it's interesting that these sort of things relate to each other and correlate. So anyway, I was just watching this person walk a dog the other day and they had a little, I don't know what it was, a little fluffy thing. And they're walking and the dog's running in front of the owner and it's running and it's sort of going across a path in front of it. And then it's running around the owner and the owner almost trips over the lead. And then it comes up to another dog and it starts trying to run forward and pull the owner forward and the owner's holding it back. And then the dog's barking and yapping at this other dog. And it really made me think about leadership. 
And when it comes to leadership, dogs really teach you that you have to lead. Now, something that this guy says, now you can go and look him up. He's absolutely fantastic. He's got a TikTok channel called South End Dog Training or South End Training, I think it is, or South End Dog Training. But if you look him up, he explains everything really, really well. Now, what I know about dogs is they're essentially a pack animal. So they have a leader and then everything else follows. So in a pack animal environment, if you're to train a dog, you have to become the leader. Because if you don't become the leader, the dog will not follow. And so what tends to happen is that people put their dogs in positions where the dog will not follow because the dog is always leading. And so what will happen is, first of all, like for instance, if you let the dog jump on the couch and the dog sits above you as the owner, the dog is asserting its dominance. Most of the time, dogs shouldn't sit on a couch. They should sit on the floor so that they're lower than the owner. Because in a pack animal, the dog of dominance always displays that dominance, which essentially is the leadership. I also remember watching a documentary on wolves and there was a guy who trains wolves for movie sets. Now, most people say that wolves can't be trained, but I remember this guy getting the wolves out of a cage. He gets them out, the dogs run around, and then this one wolf started exerting its dominance. And he said, hang on, give me a second, because it started growling at some of the other dogs and snapping at them. So he went in there, he grabbed the wolf around the neck, he threw it to the ground and he actually bit the dog around its neck with his own mouth, which I thought was a bit disgusting. But he did that and he held the dog down and the dog was barking and growling and then eventually it just submitted. And when it submitted, he then got up and explained and he said, what I've just done is I've shown that I am the top dog. I'm essentially the top wolf here. What I say goes and the dogs lead from me. And he said, every time that that happens and I don't display my dominance, that dog now becomes the new leader. Sometimes males will do this in a pack. They will then exert their dominance on the pack. And if nothing challenges it, then that becomes a new leader and the other dogs will follow. And he said, I can't have that happen, especially number one with wolves and number two, because they are movie dogs that are highly trained and so on. So this is the same even for dogs that are still bred for humans and all that sort of stuff. So they're still pack animals. And so what you find is that when a person is insecure and they can't lead and they keep changing the rules, like for instance, someone knocks on the front door and the dog goes running to the front door because it's the dominant animal and it wants to check. Is this a threat? Is it not a threat? Now the dog will do one of two things normally. It will bark and exert its dominance or it will start to become afraid and it will start to bark and yap because it's afraid and it's anxious. And that's because there's no other leader. The dog's scared. And so this is quite common. Now, if the owner walks up to the door and opens the door and says, get down, get down, and then pushes the dog away and then pats the dog and goes, come on, come over here, and then pats the dog. And then the dog walks over to the person who's just rocked up in the house, jumps all over them. That person pushes them away maybe gives him a bit of a pat. The dog is sitting there confused as fuck. It doesn't know what to do. It's like, I'm getting rewarded and I'm getting patted, but at the same time, I'm getting told off. So it doesn't know what to do. It's very confusing. And this can happen exactly with children. This can happen in business as well. This happens, a lot of business owners do exactly that same thing. They'll tell someone off, then they're over nice to them. They establish boundaries. They let people cross those boundaries. Then those boundaries get expanded further and further away from where they were supposed to be. Then one day the owner snaps and the staff go, well, fuck, I didn't realize there was a problem because I've been doing this shit this way for ages and no one said anything. And so it confuses the crap out of people. So the cool thing with dogs is that they teach you to be consistent. That if you tell a dog off, like if someone knocks on the door and you train the dog to sit when it hears that knock and you hold it accountable to that, eventually someone will knock on the door and the dog sits. Now there's a lot of stuff going on at the moment with crate training where you put the dog in like a crate or a cage. And sometimes I've seen people who teach their dogs that when someone knocks on the door, the dog will actually go and sit in the cage because that's the dog's safe space. And that makes the dog feel comfortable. It feels like it's safe, but it also has an owner that acts as the protector of the tribe. So the dog knows that it's safe. But if the dog doesn't know that it's safe, then it either has to bark, it has to growl, it has to attack, or it has to yap, or it becomes very nervous. That's what can happen.
If you're a business owner and you're wanting to grow your business, please make sure you head to Facebook and search for my No BS Business Hacks Facebook group. It's totally free and I share tips, tools, templates, and live trainings on all things sales, marketing, leadership, management, systemization, and more, as well as how to help you to perform at your best by optimizing your mindset as the business owner. So if you're a business owner, head across to Facebook via the link in the description of this podcast and join my free No BS Business Hacks Facebook group. Now, when I was watching this woman walking a dog the other day, the dog was running around, it was going crazy. And so I could tell straight away that person who was walking the dog, if it's their dog, and I'm making an assumption that it's their dog, she might've been walking it for somebody else. But just based on this, my assumption was, this person is probably pretty bad with boundaries. This person is probably lacks accountability. This person is not firm with their word. So when they say something, it doesn't really mean too much because they'll change their mind. They will to and fro and they'll tell the dog off sometimes and they won't tell the dog off other times, which is normally how that person operates in life as well. So I just noticed that from that situation. Also, the dog was running in front, which means the dog essentially is leading the person, the person isn't leading the dog. When you look at well-trained dogs, the dogs will normally walk by the side of the individual and its nose doesn't go too much past the front leg or the front foot of the other person. That's a very well-trained dog or it'll walk behind. Very rarely do well-trained dogs walk in front of the owner for that exact reason, because the owner is the leader of the pack. Now, every other morning I go for walks and I see different owners with their dogs doing different things. Some dogs yap and bark. Some dogs run around like crazy. Some dogs are running from left to right, left to right, all across the road. Again, it's just these patterns of behavior. First of all, it's not normally the owner's fault, first of all, if they don't know how to train a dog. But my recommendation is if you buy a dog, you should know how to train it. Just like if you hire staff, you should know what you need to do with staff because if not, you're gonna have massive problems on your hands. Now, I've been through that where I didn't know what I was doing. I was trying to learn and adapt and change and the business grew too quick, but I made a lot of mistakes. I probably pissed off a lot of people. I've had to fire good people because they're in the wrong roles. I've kept people who were shit at their job in the wrong roles, and I've lost a lot of money because of that. I think that dogs can actually teach people great leadership qualities, that you need to be true to your word and firm. If you tell the dog to sit, the dog better fucking sit because that's what you're telling it to do, and you're the leader and you're the boss. So therefore, you need to have it in your tone. I've got some friends like this. Their dog will be jumping around and they'll go, oh, come on, sit. Oh, that's it. C come on, come on, sit, sit. The dog's like, what the fuck? There's no leadership skills there. But when other people are there and their dog's jumping around, they go, sit. And all of a sudden the dog sits down. The dog knows that you're being firm with it just based on the tonality. Now, this is also important in leadership because around about 35 to 33, depending on what research studies you read, tonality is around about 33% of communication and body language is around about 50 to 55. So body language is more important in communication than words in most cases. And then secondly, tonality. That's why if I were to do this podcast and just speak in a monotone tone like this and not really change my tone too much and it, it'd become pretty boring really quickly because there's no tone there. Humans respond to tone and animals respond to tone, especially dogs. So if you're not using your body language and you're not using your tone, you're taking away around 75 to 80 something percent of communication and you're only using your words. It might even be more than that. It might be 90%. So a dog teaches you to be firm with your tone, firm with your words. When you soften your voice and you talk, oh, hello, come here and you pat the dog. The dog goes, ah, this is comfort relaxation time. But when you're firm and strong and sit down, the dog now all of a sudden goes, uh oh, and it sits because it's getting told through the tonality of your voice and also your body language. Normally when you say sit and you point firmly, the dog will sit. So it's actually teaching you to communicate more effectively. You can also see how the dog operates. So if you're aware of these patterns of behavior and you realize that the dog is a pack animal and the dog's sitting up on a chair taller than you, it's sitting up on the couch, 
or it stands up over you consistently or it jumps up on you consistently, that dog is trying to maintain or take over the dominant position. That's why it's important to make sure that the dog is lower than you or that it doesn't stand above you because if not, it's taking that dominant position. When you go to walk it, it's gonna be a prick. When there's people knocking on the door or people come over, the dog's gonna be a prick. And like I said, I've seen people do this before. I've got some friends of ours go over their house, the dog jumps on everybody, they'll tell it off and then they pat it two seconds later. The dog's like, I have no idea what's going on. I'm getting rewarded one second, I'm getting yelled at the, the other second. I don't know what to do. So the dog ends up with this weird wagging tail that it doesn't really know whether it's in trouble or not in trouble and it fucking skitzes out all the time and it's anxious. So the anxiety the dog is because the dog has no fucking idea what the owner's trying to tell it to do and it just doesn't know. So it makes the dog feel unsafe. But if you can train your dog well, you can normally train people fairly well because those similar processes come into leadership. And if you can be firm with your word and say, this is the boundary, we don't cross this boundary. And if you do, I will pull you up on that boundary. And you're pretty firm with that. Then when someone in the business crosses the boundary, you pull them aside and you go, hey, look, I don't expect this. I expect more from you. It's time to pull up your socks. I really hope that you make some changes because if not, we can't have you working here because it affects the rest of the staff or the rest of the business and the business comes first. The same as if you're a homeowner and you have a dog, the home comes over the dog because the safety of everybody in that household is more important and the comfort of everybody in that household is more important than one individual, which may be the dog or the cat or whatever animal you have. So therefore, again, it teaches you great leadership. It teaches you to be firm with your word. It teaches you to do what you say you're going to do. If the dog skits out and you go, let's go for a walk and the dog fucking freaks out and it goes mental and it does laps around the house, you know that that dog's out of control and it's overexcited. You can't walk that dog and you should not walk that dog when the dog is like like that because that dog is going to be feral. Before I used to walk my dog, I would say walk time and the dog would walk over, it would grab its lead and it would sit down. And when the dog was relaxed and calm, I would then put the lead on and I'd take it for a walk. If the dog got up and started running around, we don't walk because it's getting taught. We don't fuck around when we walk. It is an opportunity for you to enjoy yourself, but you cannot enjoy yourself if I cannot enjoy the walk. I watch people walk their dogs every day who do not enjoy the fucking walk with the dog because the dog's walking the owner. The owner's not walking the dog. It tells you about the hierarchy of the dog in that environment. The dog is the boss. The dog rules the house not the owner. That's a really bad place to be in. Anyway, Driven Mofos, I hope that this helps. For those people out there who have a dog, I highly recommend that you go watch South End Dog Training. He is absolutely fantastic. The way he explains it, the way he talks about your job as the owner of the dog is to be the protector of the dog because you're the tribal leader. You need to give it rules. You need to give it certainty because if not, the dog will display anxiety or the dog will display dominance, one of those two things. And so if your dog is like this, I highly recommend to go and watch this guy because he's absolutely fantastic. I've seen a lot of dog trainers out there who promote certain things that I don't necessarily agree with. Whether we like it or not, dogs have been domesticated to an extent, but they're still pack animals. They still operate the same way. They still do the same thing. So I think that it's really, really important that if you do have a dog to start watching some of those trainings or at least go and get it trained really, really well so that you understand how the dog operates. Because normally a dog is not a problem. The owner is the problem. And so therefore, if you can change the way that the owner thinks about how it leads the dog. Not only is it going to have a well-behaved and well-trained dog, that person's going to be a better leader, a better manager of people, a better communicator, and just more effective overall as a person because they'll be able to delegate responsibilities, hold people accountable, all of the things that you need to be and do the best within your own life. Anyway, Driven Mofos, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I look forward to seeing you back here once again for another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. Keep kicking massive goals. See you next time.